wonderful night it was when he was born. That birth changed everything. Amen. I mean, it changed everything. We wouldn't even be here today if it were not for that birth. I'm so thankful that God came. He came in a most, he came in a most unusual way. And he came uh, in a way that men were not looking for him, but some found him. And those that found him rejoiced. And I just find it to be true in life that when you find him, you're going to rejoice. Amen. When you come to that place to realize that the Lord is here, you're going to be happy. Whatever burden you're carrying, whatever problem you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, when you realize the Lord's here, it's going to put a smile on your face. It's going to put a song back in your heart. When you realize that he's here in a messy world, in a messed up situation, no room in the inn, being born in a stable. He wasn't afraid of any of that. Never has been, never will be. Oh, I'm so thankful that God is that way. Praise God. Stand with me in honor of the word of God. I want to take you to the book of Mark, the fifth chapter. I don't know of any song that could have been more fitting to have introduced my subject today than that beautiful song thank you sister Faye looking forward to this whole month so many good things and you don't want to miss out on a service because we always have so many good things that happen we we love to have fun living for God and I believe we ought to some of us need to lighten up a little bit and smile some of you could probably help yourself already this morning you go ahead and break a smile and realize that that it's better than what you think it is. Amen. It is. It's not as bad as some of us think it is. But Mark chapter 1, I'm going to read beginning in verse number 1. <clears throat> and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he came, or when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. I, I want to read that verse again, because there is something about the description that, the word gives us of this man's situation that we must not overlook. But because that he had often, he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been broken asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, everybody say always. Night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Oh, I love conjunctions. <laughs> I love the Word of God when it describes such a horrible picture and then that powerful word is spoken. But when he saw Jesus, everything changed. Amen. And he saw him a great way off. He wasn't even close, but he saw him afar off. And the Bible said he ran and worshipped him. What a difference Jesus can make 
in any situation in our life when we are willing to recognize that He is there. Amen. Then reading verse number 15, And they came, or they come to Jesus, people of the town, and they see Him, this man that we've just read about, that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Everybody said amen. I want to preach to you a little while this morning from this subject. He's not afraid of your mess. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that. He's not afraid of your mess. Praise God. He's not. Amen. I want us to warm up a little bit. Praise God. I want you to clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give Him a hand clap of praise. Uh, morning. I feel like I came to the right place. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> the story of Mark chapter 5 is one of the most horrific pictures that you will ever find of mankind. Nothing sadder in life than the wreck of a human life. Here in our text, the most prolific display of how evil can ruin a life is shown to us. It is indeed a, an extreme case. And perhaps some of us reading the scripture today have already cut away that verse from applying to us because none of us are in that kind of situation. None of us are perhaps as possessed and overcome as this man was. But there are many, many times in Scripture that the Lord used extremes in order to get us to wake up and realize the power of His Spirit and the power of His presence. And so it is an extreme situation. And the story of the man found here is severe. You will not find a more difficult picture or a more uh, prolific uh, display, the horrible details that are given to us of what evil had done in this man's life and every attempt to reconcile him had come to nothing. There was no uh, avail of anything that was done to make this man better. And his world became exceeding dark and evil. And so much so that he was ostracized from the, the society that he lived in. His family and his friends and the city 
All of them could not live with him any longer and so he was expelled and now he lives among the tombs. And none of us today, I understand that none of us could imagine any of us being in that dire a condition. That we would be satisfied to live among the tombs and to live where the dead uh, bodies are laid. And yet this is where this man was because of evil and because of the work of evil that had, had come into his life and taken over. The story in Mark 5 is a glimpse of worlds colliding. It is the world of evil and darkness and demons and devils and the world of a man and a family and a home and a life and all of the havoc that is caused when those worlds collide and all of the outcome of that, it's, it's not a desirable situation. His life is the picture of what evil can and will do to any of us. Everybody say any of us. It can do it to any of us. When evil is allowed dominion in my life, it can produce in my life the same picture that is portrayed here in Mark chapter 5. He is uh, a, a picture of sadness and sorrow and a life that is wasted. That evil that I'm talking about, it is a work that had come into his life little by little. It was not something that came overnight. It was a bad choice here and an evil deed there and one upon another came together until now he is in the most deplorable of condition. And evil had taken over his life. It was controlling him and when it had taken over, listen to me, when evil takes over a life, it will drive you away from the people that love you the most. It will drive you away from the people that can help you. When evil becomes dominant and when evil becomes the ruler in my life and it becomes the reign of my life, then it will drive me. It had ruined him and it had taken him away from all that was good in his life. Everything that was worthwhile. And that's the nature of evil. When we allow it into our life, at first it seems so innocent and it seems so harmless. It's just a look or maybe a, 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 a this or a that. Maybe it's a, a, an, un, a, an inappropriate relationship or perhaps it's some kind of, of under-the-table dealings. When we let evil in the door the first time, it doesn't come dressed in the stark garb that you read about in Mark chapter 5. He comes well-dressed. He's got a suit on. He'll tell you that he can make you happier than you are in your present situation. He'll tell you that he'll make you richer than you are right now. He'll tell you that he can get you a relationship that will be meaningful in your life. And it's only the beginning. And so it was with this man. Evil had taken him away from everything that is good. And because that is the nature of evil, whether it's an evil thought, 
or an evil desire or an evil habit or an evil action. It will always take you away from that which is good and it will always separate you from the people that love you the most and want to help you the most and it will ultimately ruin your life. Listen to me church. That's why we don't play with evil. That's why we don't entertain ourselves with evil. Somebody said oh it's just this or it's just that. But there is a spirit involved in those things. And when we entertain ourselves with evil or we entertain ourselves with that which is displeasing to God, it opens a door into our lives of which other things can come. That's why we don't associate with evil. That's why the scripture tells us don't put any evil thing before your eyes. Make sure that you don't allow yourself to be duped in to believing that it's just a game. It's just a moment. It's just a a, a trist. It's just a this or it's just a that. It's far more than that, my friend. There is something behind all of that that you don't and I don't even recognize and it is the work of the evil one. And all he's wanting is for you to allow him a doorway. All he's wanting is a crack in the window. He doesn't need you to open the front door for him right now. He just wants you to crack a window. He just wants you to leave the back door unlocked. That's all that he cares about because when he first comes in, he's not going to come in the way you see him in Mark chapter 5. That's why we need to stay away from evil. We don't play with it. We don't entertain ourselves with it. We shouldn't even speak evil. Amen. We shouldn't even speak evil. Why? Because speaking evil opens a door. The Bible speaks about an evil heart of unbelief. We shouldn't even... That doesn't mean that you're not going to have doubt in your life. That doesn't mean that that's evil. When you have an evil heart of unbelief, it's when you continually resist the work of faith in your life. When you continually push away God's attempt to try to restore or resurrect or do something in your life, and you say, no, God, I don't believe you can do that. No, God, I don't believe today can be the day. No, God, this is not the moment. When you continually do that, that in your life you are letting an evil heart of unbelief take over and we need to get away from that we need to stay away from we need to stay away from evil thoughts because evil thoughts become evil desires and evil desires become evil actions and ultimately it it will ruin and separate us i want you to look at the personality of evil when evil is at its apex when evil is at its zenith look at the personality of evil it has both socially and domestically wrecked this man's life and it has bankrupt his life he doesn't have friends he doesn't have family He doesn't have associates. He can't interact in his community. He can't even go to work anymore because evil, the character and the personality of evil isolates you more and more and more and more and more until finally you're out there all by yourself. Nobody can help you. Nobody can say anything. Nobody can lend a hand because you have put yourself in a place of such a nature. 
So we must be careful about what we entertain ourselves in. And I, I didn't really mean to spend that much time on this particular part of my message because that's not what the focus is. But folks, we better be careful what we entertain ourselves with and what we allow into our lives and our minds and our spirit because you may not realize it and I may not realize it, but evil has an ulterior motive. Evil has an ulterior motive. There's something more. It's not satisfied with what it has. It wants more. And it just keeps coming. Did not the Bible say the man who cleaned his house and he ran out of spirit? He ran that spirit out. He said, I don't want you in my house anymore. The Bible in, in Mark or Matthew, I, I believe the, the, the 11th, 12th, 13th chapter, somewhere in there talks about a man who sweeps his house. And he garnishes it. He cleans it up. He said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of living with this. I don't want this in my life. And so he drives that spirit out. But he doesn't fill it back up. He just leaves the house empty. And so that spirit is not content being one spirit. That spirit goes out and finds seven more spirits, more evil and wicked than it was. And they come back to that house. Or wait, first of all, he comes back. That evil spirit comes back and sees that it's empty. And then he goes and he finds seven others and he says, Come on, I don't want to be alone. That's the heart of evil. Evil doesn't want to stay small in my life. It wants to monasticize. It's like a cancer that grows and grows and it's never satisfied being alone. So I must be careful because evil will do for me what it did for this man at some point in my life. Somebody said amen. The Bible tells us that he was possessed. That means evil had taken over his life. And that's the nature of evil. Evil is always reaching out to take hold of something good and drag it down. That's why when you're around people that have evil in their heart, they, there's always that drain on your life. Because that's the nature of evil. It wants to drag you down. It wants to pull you away from everything good and worthwhile. But what I love about the story, and I, don't, I hope I haven't set a negative tone for your mind, because what I really love about this story is that in spite of his deplorable condition, in spite of how bad things were in his life, his problems had destroyed his character. The Bible said he was naked. He was without clothes. He had lost all sense of decency. He had lost all sense of human dignity. He was stripped down, running through the tomb without any clothes, acting like a wild man, actually acting like the beast. And he dwelt and acted like the wilds of, of the world. And it is notable of that evil that, that, that when the Lord came, at first that evil viewed the Lord as an antagonist, but the man didn't. There was still enough sanity in the man that when Jesus stepped foot, he saw him afar off. And the Bible said that he ran and he worshipped him. There was something about that 
man that recognized the presence of the Lord. And when he recognized the presence of the Lord, something in him began to run. What really amazes me about this story is that in spite of his problem, this man reached for power in spite of his pitifulness, in spite of his situation. You know, I deal with people all the time that tell me they have troubles, but I've never met anybody that's had troubles like this man. I've never met anybody. I've never had anybody come through my office of, of, of late, at least I should say, that was possessed with demons like that. I've, I've had to cast out a few devils in my ministry, but I've never had to cast out legions of demons. I'm talking about a battalion. I'm talking about hundreds. I'm talking about numbers that we don't even get into that had possessed this man. And now this man who is possessed is running. He reaches for power in spite of his pitifulness. He reaches for the touch of God. Hey, folks, if this man who was controlled by legions of demons could realize an opportunity when he saw it, what is wrong with some of us this morning? Oh, my friend, we sit in the presence of the Lord and we don't have near the problem this man had. Somebody ought to throw their hands up right now and say, thank you, God, that I can feel your presence. Thank you, God, that you're in this place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The man reached out for promises in spite of his problem. This man who had every kind of problem you could imagine when Jesus stepped foot in the territory, saw him and ran and worshipped him. But what is truly amazing to me, beyond all of that, what is amazing to me to begin with is that Jesus would even dare go to such a place like that. But he would even venture with all the things that he had to do, with all the places Jesus needed to go. Jesus says to his disciples, we need to go across the sea. We need to go to the other side. And they go to the country of the Gadarene. And he comes into the environment of this wicked man. The Lord who is mighty to save. The Lord who is great and powerful has come into the land of death and demons. And he has come into the devil's territory. He has come and waded right into the mess of that man's life. Because he's not afraid of the mess that's in our life. He's not afraid of the nastiness of life. He's not afraid of what we've done to ourselves. He's not afraid of where we put ourselves. He's not afraid of how we failed him. He's not afraid of the mistakes that we've made. He's not afraid of the evil that we've done. There's something about the heart of God that makes him willing to come where I am. He's not afraid of the mess in my life this morning. Hallelujah. I said he's not afraid of the mess in my life this morning. He's not afraid of everything that's wrong in my life this morning. He's not turned off by all the mistakes that I've made this morning. He's not turned away because I've not dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. You and my, my situation today may not be like it ought to be, but it doesn't scare him. It doesn't make him want to draw away. How 
however bad my situation is, God is not afraid of the mess that's in my life this morning. And somebody needs to hear me say that. God's not afraid of whatever is wrong in your life. He's not afraid to step into that situation. Hallelujah. He's not afraid to step into your territory. He's not going to even ask you to come where He is. He's going to come where you are. That's a secure God. Oh, demons, legions of demons tormenting and tearing that man. Jesus isn't afraid of any of that. He just steps right into the middle of it. That's the kind of God that we need this morning. Not some God that sits on a throne with a billy club in his hand as some people view him waiting for us to make a mistake so he can crack us over the head. But I need a God that will get down in the mess with me and help me get out of it. I need a God who's not afraid to wade off into the mire. He's not afraid to come down into that situation where I am. He's not afraid of my sin. He's not afraid of my failure. He will come right down into the midst of it, even to the lowest place. The Bible said, even if I make my bed in hell, He'll be there. He'll be there. He'll come all the way to hell to get me if He needs to. Do you? Re- oh, goodness. Do you realize what kind of God I'm talking about this morning? He's not afraid of my mess. This man's life was in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. The wisest thing that any man can do when he's in trouble is run to Jesus. The wisest thing any person in this building can do. I don't care what you think about people. I don't care what you think people think about you. I don't care what's going on in your mind right now. If you're in trouble, if your life is in trouble, if you're battling an evil something in your life, you need to be smart enough to realize that the best place for you is where he is. And if he comes close, I'm going to be there. If he opens the door, I'm coming in. And he has already opened that door in this service this morning. He came with an open door today. He came because the Word promised that He would not be afraid to wade into my mess. And the wisest thing any of us could do, don't worry about what somebody's going to think. Don't worry about what they're going to say. Is to understand that if I'm in trouble, the best place for me to be is in the presence of the Lord. Come on somebody, praise Him with me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For a moment in this man, and not just a moment, but it became a lifestyle. But for a moment, it was the man and not the devil who prevailed. That's what I have prayed for this morning. That's what I have asked God for this morning. That amid all the insanity of life and all the crazy things that happen in people's life, And all the mistakes that they're having to deal with. And all the problems they're having to try to get get in their place. And all of the mess that we've gotten ourselves into. All of the situations that have developed in our life. That for a moment today, the man and not the devil would win. 
that somehow the man in all of us or the woman in all of us would recognize that there's someone here that's greater than my problem. There's someone here that's more powerful than all the demons that are tormenting my life. There's somebody here that's more powerful than any situation that I'm going through. There's somebody here this morning that's more interested in me than I am even interested in myself. Oh, friend, listen to me. I don't think that guy woke up that morning thinking, you know what, Jesus is going to come by here today. I don't think he even had a clue anybody was coming his way because nobody had visited him lately. But here comes Jesus. That's just the way he is. You weren't even looking for it this morning. You thought, oh, I'll just go to church. I'll do my little patty cake for Jesus and I'll pretend that I'll act like everything. And God said, hey, I need to come to Greater Life Church. I need to wade into some mess this morning. I need to get down where some folks are living. I need to let them know I'm not afraid of this. That doesn't intimidate me. Your sin and failure doesn't keep me from wanting to help you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God, let right prevail over wrong this morning. Let good win over evil today. Instead of the devil winning, let right prevail. The forgiveness conquer right. Lord, let forgiveness conquer unrighteousness that love would swallow hate. Amen. But I want you to understand something. And you understand me clearly today. The only way any of this story ever developed was because of the presence of the Lord. You understand that? What I'm talking about happening today is not going to happen outside. It's not going to happen at home. It's not going to happen back there in that old environment that you've been living in per se. It's going to happen when you get into the presence of the Lord. And you're in the presence of the Lord this morning. So please, if you're here this morning and you're dealing with some problems and you've got some mess in your life, and please pardon the crudeness of that phrase, but that's the only way I know how to describe situations that people are dealing with right now. It's just messy. It's ugly. It's horrible. You're not going to find the answer when you walk outside these doors. You're going to find it in the presence of the Lord. You're going to find it when you realize that the, whatever is tormenting you is not strong enough to keep you back from reaching out to Him. And when that man began to reach out, all the demons had to step back. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't keep him from running. They couldn't hold him back. I, I, I don't know, but I have a feeling every demon, you, you know, demons are unionized. They're, they're, they're organized. They're not like humanity. They don't, they, they don't sow discord among themselves. They don't get on Facebook and, and cut each other down. Demons are organized. They are. That's what the word dominion speaks of is an organization. It is, it, it, it's not some hodgepodge of this spirit doing something in another's. They all work together. But all of those demons working together could not stop his feet from running. All those demons organized together, working in unison. All those demons that had kept him bound and tormented and ruining his life and isolating him from everything that was good, they could not keep him from running.
to Jesus. What am I saying? I'm simply saying that I don't care what my problem is. There's nothing that can keep me back if I want to get where he is. He's not afraid of the mess you're in right now. He's not afraid of the problems that you're going through. Stand with me. He's not afraid of what's happening in your life. He's not afraid of the failures. He's not afraid of my sin. He came this morning for that. He came this morning so that I and you could feel the freedom. You're going to be able to break free from something this morning. In here, you're going to be able to break free from things here that you will not be able to break free from out there. Why? Because you're in the presence of the Lord. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is free. There is freedom. A man with all of his madness, a man with all of his problems was wise enough to run to Jesus. I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody here this morning, but if I were here this morning, and I were dealing with some of the things, some of the madness that some may be dealing with in this service. I'd do whatever I had to do to get to Jesus. I'd climb over a pew. I'd push somebody out of the way. God, I need some help in this mess. I just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It gets worse. It's not getting better. Oh, if I was dealing with some of those things this morning, I think I'd push my way out right now. I'd, I'd be making my way to an altar. Amen. Because I would want what Jesus could do. Hallelujah. 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 Good news today. The best news of the day is that Jesus has come to your district. He's come to the place where you live because he's not afraid of your struggles. That's right, Lauren. He's not afraid of your struggles. He's not afraid of the mess that's in your life. He's not afraid of what's wrong in your life. No, no, no. Some of us try to cover it up and act like it doesn't exist, but he's not afraid. He, he came this morning that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody ought to understand that and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Today's my day. I want something from God this morning. I want something to happen. I want to get away from that spirit that's trying to destroy my life and drag me back into a cesspool. Drag me down. Isolate me from everybody that loves me and everybody that cares for me. God, I want something today that can transpire in my life, that can turn all of that around. I want something this morning, Lord. Come on, church. I need some church folks this morning that know how to pray, that will get out of your pew and come and help me this morning. we got some folks around here that hungry are hungry for a touch from God, that hungry for a visitation. Oh, come on right now. Somebody, somebody reach out to